Ah, yes. Welcome to MLB Morning Coffee. It is so good to have you along for the ride. We really hope that you enjoyed our previous episodes, a tribute to Ed Farmer, our top 10 Arizona Diamondbacks. We had a lot of great top 10 lists that we put together over the past week and a half. So please go back and listen to those if you are willing. It is now time for the second of our coffee conversations. Our first was with Texas Rangers reliever Luke Farrell last week, and we have a dual conversation this week. These are two guys that I know very well. They have, I would say, climbed the ranks extremely well from their time with me in Clinton, Iowa in 2016. It is Minnesota Twins relief pitcher Zach Littell and Tampa Bay Rays AAA first baseman Dalton Kelly both joining me from Zach's home in Mabend, North Carolina. Gents, what's going on? How you doing? Not much. How are y'all? You know, it's uh, it's pretty much the same old, same old nowadays, missing baseball, as as I'm sure you guys are. And, and I'll let you both kind of tell this story at the same time. What was it like for each of you guys? You both train in Florida. What was it like for you when spring training got shut down? What was the, the sort of day or or the, the last, like, 12 hours before you were told that you had to get out of there? Yeah, it's pretty wild. We were playing a game, and we come in from the game, a night game, and we see that the NBA just canceled their whole entire season. And so all of us were kind of looking around, and just that was the moment where everyone realized this is a big deal. They're taking this really, really seriously. They're seeing stuff that's scaring them, and they want to keep people healthy and safe. And so they, the NBA canceled their whole entire season, and you know – there's a lot of money to be made in the NBA and with those games on TV and they just straight canceled the game. And so um, the next day we got called in, I'd actually got an option down before that game. So I was no longer in big league camp anymore. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a crazy process. And we knew that since the NBA canceled their season, the MLB was going to follow right behind. So we just, we saw the writing on the wall. And Zach, what about for you? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think anytime, you know, a major sports league like that feels that it's in their best interest, especially in a, in a you know, billion dollar industry or multi million dollar industry like, like the NBA, MLB or the NFL cancels, you know, or I guess technically postpones their season. Um, that's a lot of money they're losing. So for them to, for them to feel like that was necessary is kind of, kind of very, um, for us, we realized it was a pretty serious matter, and, and the MLB was going to follow suit shortly after, so it was kind of just a waiting game from there. But um, the uncertainty was kind of weird, you know. Like um, we get a text that says we have a meeting the next day. You know, we didn't play. We we ended up not actually playing our game that day. Um, so we got a text that we had a meeting the next day. So it was kind of weird, just you know, not knowing anything. We didn't really know what was going to happen, or. Um, or, or what was gonna, what the, what the future looked like. So it was, it was just weird, kind of a different thing than, than you ever think you're gonna go through. I think the initial message that we got from the teams was spring training is delayed two weeks. And so from there, we heard that message and then like the next two or three days, we were having team meetings at 9 a.m., 8 a.m. Cause every night they were, the, the, the front office were getting new information, more serious information and, um, so we were all trying to push our leases back a couple weeks. Okay, spring training is going to end two weeks later. And then three to three, four days after that, it was like, you guys need to get out of here. You guys are going home. Um, th- there is no spring training and we don't have a new date. 
So it was pretty crazy. You actually talk about that with living situations. Zach, you were pretty much assured of starting on the big league roster in Minnesota. You pitched in the playoffs last season, for goodness sake. And Dalton, you had a great year finishing up at AAA Durham. So I think it was pretty much assured that you were going to start in AAA Durham. So did you guys have plans to already be going there? And and how did you have to adjust? Because I know, at least for you, Dalton, you're in North Carolina, somewhat with the assumption that once everything gets started again, you're just going to hop on over to Durham to get your season started. Yeah, it was kind of a an interesting decision that me and my family had to make. We The drive to California is a 44-hour long drive, and I got a one-year-old baby, and so that's going to be probably a two-week long trip going three hours a day. Or we head up to Durham, and potentially we we're hearing rumors that they might not have a spring training and they might just send minor leaguers right to the affiliates, maybe do like a week of live BPs, some practice, um, maybe scrimmage uh, a team that's close to you for a few games before the season officially started. And so we just decided that it's probably best to just do a one 10 hour drive up to Durham. And it just gave us the most flexibility if the season got started up again, but yeah. Some guys had already signed leases here and they're in a six month contract that they don't know if the season's going to start or not. And so I know a lot of guys are in pretty weird living situations um, and a lot of guys are lucky. They got houses like Zach and he settled in with his wife and it's they got a beautiful house to come back to. And so some guys are luckier than others, but it's just an interesting process. Yeah, I'd like to add on that. I mean, um, I just started setting up trying to get set up in a lease in Minnesota and uh, it was awesome. The team kind of helps us out up there and hooks us up with some people and they were very, very understanding um, with the situation and said, you know, when all this blows over, we can, we can start back up. And so um, my lease in Florida actually ended in the end of March anyway. So I left two weeks before that, but it wasn't the end of the world. Um, it was worth being here being that, you know, when we, that meeting we had when they said, Hey, you're, you can't stay here. Um, even, and even if you do stay here, you can't come in and work out here. You can't come through. We got, we got a limit number of people that are, that are coming through here. It was, it just made the most sense to go ahead and head home. And, um, you know, I got, got the chance to ask Dalton if he, uh, might want to come stay up here, being that he might be in Durham. And, um, it's, it's nice to have a tech partner every day and, somebody to kind of work out with and, and go through the everyday uh, the everyday routine with. So it's been good. So the reason why we have both of you guys on together and people that are listening are probably wondering, well, why do you guys have uh, two guys from different organizations on? How do these guys know each other? Well, as it turns out, you started in the same organization, which is neither of the two organizations that you play for now, the Seattle Mariners. And I first got to meet both of you when you were in Clinton, Iowa. And that 2016 season, Dalton, you were there the whole year. Zach, you had been with us in 2015 and got promoted on July 4th to Bakersfield in 2016. What about that 2016 team made all of you guys so close? Because at least from my view, everybody loved everybody in that clubhouse. And I think that when you look back at the impact on what the 2016 Clinton Lumber Kings at full A had on people's careers, I would venture to say you guys and a lot of your teammates would say that it made a bigger impact than you probably ever could have would imagined because look at how many guys have 
made the big leagues or have gotten just a step away from the big leagues at this point. Like, it's remarkable to me. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, if you look at that roster, you got you got Pablo Lopez with the Marlins, um, Nate Nider, who's knocking on the door with the Marlins. You've got um, Art Warren, who's up and down with Seattle. Um, there's a bunch of talented guys on that team, and all fairly easygoing guys, but I think uh, what kind of – kind of made that team special was the the culture and the environment that Mitch Tannum, our manager, and, and Rich Dorman and Caesar uh, Nicholas kind of created. And, um, you know, they made it fun to come to the field every day. They made it uh, – they were guys that you wanted to go out there and compete for and, um, you know, easy guys to get behind. And so anytime you have a staff like that along with, you know, paired with a good group of players and guys who, who are there um, – you know, to accomplish the same goal, it usually makes for a pretty fun year, and uh, usually pretty successful teams are are kind of have those traits as well. So it was good. I enjoyed that year. It was it was a lot of fun. I uh, still keep in touch with a lot of guys that were on that team, and and uh, you know, hopefully get to play against them for a long time. Yeah, I think um, echoing Zach's point, I think the team had a lot of talent, but also from a leadership perspective, and just. And guys like including you, you got you brought the energy every day and you you love baseball probably more than anyone in the clubhouse. And you brought that down into the clubhouse and um, and guys like Mitch Cam, you look at at our staff, our coaching staff, and they've all promoted like night and day. So Mitch is the head coach at Oregon State. Um, Pete Woodworth, who came in for Rich Dorman, who's the pitching coach at Oregon State. Pete Woodworth's up with the Seattle Mariners. Um, yeah, and so the coaching staff was a great staff. Players were great. And Clinton, aesthetically, is probably not the best place that you want to be. But it does provide, I thought, an environment for a team to be a family and to be close and to rally together. And, um, yeah, it was just a good season. Yeah, I would – sorry, not to, not to interrupt, but uh, I would say that Clinton also, especially for young guys, it kind of – it kind of teaches you what you have to go through. I think a lot of times college guys kind of put their time in in their three years in college. You know, they've got all the, the fall ball and the, um, I guess they, they have their little hell week or whatever variation is um, of that. But um, Clinton kind of like, it's a little bit of a grind, but it's, it's something that I think made me a better player and, you know, kind of made me appreciate the really nice places we go and, and how good I had it. And, um, how good I've had it since then. So, um, you know, I'm not not saying I would necessarily go back to Clinton, but I'm not. I definitely uh, I enjoyed my time there. I enjoyed the team there, and uh, I think it's made me a better person and player. I will say this for you, Zach, that you had a good season when you first came up in 2015. I think you were just 19 years old when you made your A ball debut, but then in 2016, a light clicks on. You have an ERA below 2.8. You get promoted to high A in the most hitter-friendly league in all of minor league baseball. And with Bakersfield, you go 8-1 and one with a 2.51. And then the next year, across two levels, you go 19-1 and one with a 2.10 ERA. What about that jump from 15 to 16 do you feel like really accelerated your career? The opportunity to work with Rich Norman Dorr, um he, the mentality that Door kind of instills in his pitchers, and um, it's something that I didn't have. You know, I, I had decent stuff, and I, you know, I could locate a fastball here and there. But uh, the mentality going on the mound, knowing that your stuff was going to get 
any hitter in the world out every single day is something that something that door really helped me develop and, and understand and, uh, you know, kind of realize that I had that, had that in there. And so, um, it was a, it wasn't like one day, it just kind of was like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a bulldog on the mound. It was kind of a, you know, a gradual progression where door every, every single outing was like, Hey, you're better than them. Like, go get them, throw it over and make them beat you. And so, um, that mentality of going out there and attacking guys and, and just saying, I'm the, I'm the best guy. I'm the best player on the field right now is it's something that was huge for me from a confidence standpoint and then um I think you look at any pitcher every pitcher in, in professional baseball has got got good stuff you know they didn't get there because they because they were bad so I think everybody can compete it was for me it was just a mindset thing of, of you know here's my stuff beat me and if you're not going to beat me get out of the box so um I think that would be the biggest the biggest difference between you know 2013-14 between and then 16, 17, obviously have the crazy year in 17. And, um, I can't really take credit for that. I played on three teams that ended up playing in their league championships. You know, we, every team I played on, we put up seven, eight runs a game, makes it pretty easy to pick. So, um, yeah, I think it's a mindset thing. It's an intensity thing. It's, it's, uh, going out there and knowing that any given day, even when you have nothing, you're, you can compete with anybody on the planet. I can ask both of you guys this question. And for Zach, you can, have it go double for you what's it like to get traded well the first time you get traded i would say it's a little disheartening because you you buy into this vision of maybe potentially playing at safeco field with the seattle mariners and that's that's where you're going to make your debut you it, you play your first full season with the with a squad of guys and a staff and you get really close to the staff you get really close to your teammates and when you get called and they tell you they got traded to another team, it's just kind of a bummer because you got to go through that whole process again. You got to make new friends and you got to meet new staff. And maybe they're not as good as the friends that you had made before, or you just don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. And so um, it's just, I don't know. I was kind of bummer. I was kind of bummed out. And, um, but as you go on and as you move teams, you realize that, the whole baseball world, the guys who are hanging around in baseball are a lot alike. Um, a lot of the radio guys that I've had are just like you. They just love the game. They, they love the history of the game. They love watching players do well. Um, all my teammates, they're, they're just grinders. They know how to, how to be successful and they know how to fail and they keep their head up. And, um, the staff members that hang around baseball love the game. They just love teaching players and they want to make big leaguers. And so the more you're around different organizations, the more you realize that the people who are around baseball are, are a lot alike. And so it makes that transition easier. Yeah. And that on and I think, um, you know, you're drafted and you, you have, like Dalton said, you have this idea of, of working your way up through the minor league system and playing at your major league cities, um, you know, stadium and living in that city and you kind of, you kind of like get this little plan of what your future is going to look like. And you're, you're, you know, kind of oblivious to how much of an industry major league baseball truly is. And so, you know, when you get that call, which funny story, actually me and Dalton were traded the same day um, within about 30 minutes of each other. So kind of weird, but um, you get this, this idea of what your future is going to look like. And then, and, a five minute phone call, it's completely different, you know? And so that absolutely can be disheartening and um, you can kind of be sad because you, you build these relationships, especially in this, in this real 
development period of 17, 18, 19, 20 year old kids. And, um, you build relationships and you go through the same stuff and that makes you pretty tight. So when you, when those relationships are all of a sudden, I shouldn't say they're gone because I do still keep in touch with those guys, but you go from seeing guys every day to, to seeing them maybe once a year if you're lucky and, and they're in a different uniform. So, um, that's hard, but at the same time, I think once you realize that trades are generally a good thing for you, I mean, somebody else wants you enough to give up one of their guys. And, um, once you realize that, it's kind of easy to move forward. And, and yeah, making new friends is hard and getting used to a new uh, complex and new places is, is tough and not fun. But, um, once you do it, it's just something, I mean, you get traded, you don't really have a choice. It's just you start back over and you go from there. And and uh, I've been lucky. I've had great people around me in both the trades I've been in. And uh, seems like from what I can understand of Dalton, he's enjoyed being with the Rays for the most part, at least with the, the personnel. And so um, it's just one of those things. So you never think you're going to get traded until it happens. Yeah, Dalton, this next question is for you in particular. I hear from a lot of people that the Rays do things so much different than everybody else because they put such an emphasis on creating the complete player. What in your three-plus years in the organization have you noticed about what the Rays do to get their guys ready to be big league ball players? Well, I think it starts with their ability to draft good baseball players. When you play against other organizations, um, you realize that we just always have good baseball players. Uh, your best player might get moved up and obviously that spot's got to be filled by a younger guy and he comes up and sometimes he's better or just as good. And you just got to give credit to the people who are scouting young players and and getting that draft executed really well. And then from there, once you have the good players, you got to have good coaches and the Rays do a really, really good job of finding good teachers that teach the game and they're not, cookie cutter in a way where they have this vision of a big leaguer and they try to make all their left-handed hitters look like this person or all their pitchers look like this pitcher. They learn how to take your skill set, maybe find them through analytics or just from watching them, watching players with their eyes and they coach them to their, to their strengths and they try to highlight their skills. And so, um, yeah, I mean, they just do a really good job of bringing out the best baseball player and you they use analytics and they use good teaching and um and yeah they just let you play we are here with big league twins reliever zach Littell and triple a raised first baseman dalton kelly here on mlb morning coffee they are currently living together in north carolina as they wait out the coronavirus and zach i gotta ask you about june 5th 2018 you're pitching in AAA Rochester before then, and you get the call to the big leagues. Two-part question. Number one, what was it like getting that call? And number two, what was it like stepping on a big league mound in Minnesota with your whole family in attendance? You know, so getting the call, I guess. Um, you know, we're in Norfolk, Virginia. It's like a Friday night. Um, I charted that night. So I come in, I get called in the office, and I knew we had a doubleheader coming up, but at the time I wasn't, um, I mean, I was throwing the ball well, but it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't the clear favorite to go, but get called in and a manager asked me like, you ever pitch in the big leagues? I said, no. And he said, well, you are on Tuesday. And I said, 
I don't even remember what I said, but I would imagine I, I kind of was just stunned and walked out there and they did a little thing in the locker room and all that. So what was unique though is, um, you know, generally you get called up and you, it's, it's, uh, you find out your fights the next day and you're pitching the next day. And I was lucky enough to find out on a Friday, um, that I was pitching on a Tuesday. So, um, you know, I had a few days in between. I actually stayed in Norfolk until Sunday and then flew from Norfolk to Minnesota. Um, it was it was kind of a blur, you know. You the whole time I don't think I slept between Friday and Tuesday, um, and if I did, it wasn't very well. So it was just one of those things where it's not so much a fear and anxiety; it's a it's a nervous excitement, and um, you know, going getting on the flight and getting to fly first class, all that up there, and then um, you know, showing up to the field and and having your locker is something that something that you dream of since you're a kid, you know, and you walk out on the field for the first time and it just feels like a different universe. You know, the stadiums go from being a you know, single deck holding 10, 12,000 people to instantly holding 30, 40,000 people. And, and, um, that's, that's different. And something that I know you think about, but you don't truly think about how it's going to feel to be on the mound. You think about playing on the field in front of those fans and, um, think about going out there and dominating your first time. Um, on a major league mound and and uh obviously if you go back and watch look at the box score that that wasn't it that wasn't the case for me um but at the same time i tell people this all the time i think i gave up six runs over four innings or whatever it was and it was the most fun i've ever had on a baseball field um and it wasn't close um i told myself that day i woke up at breakfast you know obviously very nervous and, and excited and just ready to go and um I told myself that no matter what the result was, I was going to enjoy the day. You know, that only happened once. Every, every guy I talked to says, you know, no one's going to remember the results. No one's going to remember um, how well you pitched or how poorly you pitched, but you will remember how it felt that day to step on a mound, a major league mound for the first time, how it felt to, to put on a twins uniform for the first time and, and um, have your name announced. And, and these are things that, you know, to this day seem like they happened yesterday, but, um, the result stuff just in the grand scheme of things isn't that important from a debut standpoint. Um, and it was a double header. So I knew that immediately after the game, I was headed back down and, um, which, you know, you can argue kind of takes a little bit of pressure off you, but, um, I've never, never in, you know, 23, 24 years have I gone through anything like that. And at the same time, I don't think anything, Nothing in the minor leagues prepares you for that that adrenaline rush you're going to get when you step on a major league mound. So, uh, very very cool experience. Um, something that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Um, but something that something that I think people just you know players in my situation that are that are about to make their debut or make their debut in the next few years. Um, the thing I would say is just enjoy it. You know, uh, you only get one debut. Isn't that the case for sure, man? And and you got a chance to pitch in the playoffs this past season. Describe what that experience was like. You know, not only the playoffs, we get to pitch in Yankee Stadium, which is something that, you know, you dream about as a kid. And uh, walking out into there, the, the bleacher creatures and left are just wearing you out. And, um, it's it's just a completely different atmosphere and environment out there. It feels, um, 
it, it might as well have been the World Series for me. You know, it felt it felt incredible just to be on the field and have the opportunity to 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 pitch in that game. And I know in Game One, I ended up getting the loss. Uh, you know, Walt Judge hit Gardner. Um, and it, it was kind of odd, you know. Everybody asked me, you know, were you nervous? Uh, were you kind of kind of scared to face Judge in that situation? And I think at the time it was zero zero or two nothing or something. We I think we were down, but um, it's not at the time. I'm warming up and I'm I'm telling myself, you know, because I didn't learn from my debut to to breathe and to, to slow the game down. And I truly felt like I was in control the whole time. And then we get out of the mound, I throw a pitch. And I'm like, you know, I feel pretty good. Um, I think I think today's gonna be one of those days where I can come in and kind of get quick, three quick outs, and all of a sudden I I kind of get deep into the bat. The crowd gets a little. I go two zero. The crowd gets into it a little bit. Judge ends up hitting the ball, you know, four hundred and fifty feet foul. Um, and from there I think I kind of tried to get a little fine, and um, you know, got me into trouble. Walked him, went two zero on Gardner, and hit him on the third pitch, and and that was the end of that. So um, looking back, I I kind of just wish that I had really slowed the game down and realized that, you know, playoffs don't make – hitters don't all of a sudden get better because it's the playoffs. You know, they, they don't change their approach. Their their um their mindset doesn't change because it's a playoff game. You know, hitters are going to gonna do what they do, um, whether that's game one or game seven of the World Series. And so, um, looking back, I just wish I had gone out there and, and been myself and said, you know, here's my stuff, hit it. But uh, I got the opportunity to pitch in game two. Um, threw the one batter, got one out, got Glaber Torres pop up, and and I think that was huge for my confidence. And I think that's kind of why I got back in the game. You know, we were down pretty big, but uh, the opportunity to go out there and get one out and and show myself that hey, I can go out there and get outs um, was big. And so, look forward to doing it again. You know, pitching the playoffs is not something that everybody gets to do, and so I'm, I'm super thankful for that. And I think that I don't think that will be my last opportunity. So uh, I look forward to it. Question for both of you guys, now that you're living together and you're trying to work out together, given the restrictions on everything that's going on right now, your preparation, because Zach, you're a pitcher, Dalton, you're a position player, what can you guys do to keep yourself fresh? And obviously for you, Zach, it's a lot different than it is for Dalton, but describe to me, both of you, what you have to do in order to keep yourself fresh and keep yourself ready. Yeah, I think it's interesting because... The hardest part about this process is we don't have a start date. So when you go into the off season, you know you got to be ready to play February first somewhere in there. That's probably when you're going to head to Florida. You got to be ready to ready to rock and roll. So your whole schedule is built around you getting to be your best around February first. But right now we don't have a date. They just keep kind of guessing, and we keep hearing rumors, and they keep pushing it back, and we just kind of watching what the other big leagues are doing, and it's not sounding good. And so from a pitcher perspective, Zach could probably talk more about that, but basically they just have to be in a holding pattern. They don't want to waste bullets throwing a lot of bullpens, maybe throwing as a starter, throwing 75, 80 pitch bullpens because they got to be ready for a start in a couple of weeks. They're not going to do that because the season supposedly could potentially go into December. So they're, they're kind of just in a holding pattern. And then from a hitter perspective, um, we kind of are just treating it like an off season. We're just running, lifting, throwing and hitting. And, um, what's really cool about being in this situation as a, a hitter living with the pitchers that usually in baseball, the hitters stay together and the pitchers stay together. But every night we're talking about baseball and kind of bouncing stuff 
off each other and getting to learn more about the other perspective. What's a hitter thinking about right here? What's a pitcher thinking about right here? Um, and so that's really fun and interesting. And then another thing that's cool is I'm playing catch with a pitcher right now and my arm strength definitely isn't one of my tools, but it's something I have to get better at because I'm going to play more outfield. And so I'm kind of learning how to throw more like a pitcher. He's trying to get me to focus on my spin access, my spin rate, my carry. And so that's really fun for me too, being around him. Um, when we're playing long toss and just playing catch and just stuff that I don't really normally get to think about when I'm with hitters, all we care about is hitting. And so, um, yeah, it's been fun for me being inside. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a good time. Um, getting to kind of talk to Dalton about, about hitters approaches and, um, you know, what he looks for throughout the bat and how his approach changes even, you know, throughout the game. Um, and, you know, going to work out with him. It's fun to, it's fun to, you know, position players generally, you know, I, I don't mean to say this, I don't want to speak for all pitchers, but they generally do more in a day than a pitcher does. You know, I, I go to the field, I go to the gym, and, and we work out. Uh, you know, it takes an hour or so, and then we go out, and I may run a little bit, and then play catch, and then I'm done, you know. But Dalton's, Dalton's really only about halfway through. He's he's working out, he's going out and playing catch, he's, he's uh, running, he needs to hit some, and then, you know, in an ideal world, he gets to, you know, field ground balls, which has been kind of tough going through all this stuff. But, um, I would definitely say I have the easy, easy job in this, but, um, he's right. Yeah. Pitchers for me, I'm kind of just in a holding pattern. You know, I throw a bullpen, um, you know, once every five days or so. And, um, but at the same time, you, as a reliever, it's nice that I can, I can kind of be ready to go whenever we get that call. Um, as long as I've been thrown off a mound and, have that feel I can I can say all right pop a hitter in there and all I gotta do is get through one inning it's when you run into these starters that have to like Dalton said be built up for four five six innings to start the year um that's tough um and so again just mirroring what Dalton said not having a date to be ready by is tough you know just being in a in a constant fluid state where you're you're really just waiting to hear day by day is hard so um Definitely a new experience, but uh, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. So a couple more questions for you guys here on MLB Morning Coffee, and I'll ask each of you this individually. Uh, you guys can follow up on each answer. You mentioned, Dalton, about playing more outfield. You were drafted as a first baseman, and you've played a lot of first baseman in the minors, but you've also played outfield at certain spots, and you said that it's more of a – likelihood that when you do get that call to the bigs it will be as an outfielder and Zach you were a starter for your entire minor league career until this past year so I'll just ask each of you both Dalton what's it going to be like for you knowing that you're going to play more outfield than you ever have before and Zach what's it been like being a bullpen guy after having been a starter for most of your life yeah I think it's for me it's just I've been playing first base since I was three, four years old. And so I don't have to think about anything. Everything comes naturally. Um, I don't have to think about where the base runners are. I don't have to think about where my arms are. I just instinctually have learned how to be in the right spot at the right time. And when I'm in the outfield, I feel lost. And so I think for me, just playing out there more, getting more reps, obviously, and just trusting myself and getting out of my head, I'll be able to just relax and 
um, just play a good outfield. And I think getting my arm strength a little bit better. I've just been used to throwing the ball 60 to 90 feet my whole entire life. And so my arm's never been stretched out that way. But I, uh, it's something that I need to work on, something that will help me um, be versatile. And it makes the manager's job a little bit easier filling out a roster when guys can play multiple positions. And I don't want to lose my strength as being a good defender at first base, but I, I need to um, at least be average in the outfield. And so, um, yeah, just part of the deal. Yeah. And, and again, Tad, I'm Dalton. It's been, it's been kind of fun. Uh, you know, I've gotten to play with Dalton, obviously, and then we were traded, but we got to continue playing against each other. We played against each other every year through the state league, uh, the Southern league, and then obviously in the international league. And um, it's been cool to watch Dalton go from, you know, one of the best first basemen that I ever had the pleasure to play with um, to make that transition in the outfield and, and watch him kind of um, learn daily um, what it takes to be a, an everyday outfielder. And, um, you know, that stuff is hard. I don't think people realize um, when you play one, or when you do anything, it could be anything in life, do one thing your entire life and all of a sudden uh, – you're doing something completely different and, you know, people, you know, fans may say, oh, well, it feels not that different, but it truly is, you know, the whole dynamic changes. Um, not only are you just in a different spot on the field, but your priorities all of a sudden change from, um, you know, what am I doing pitch by pitch? Where am I going with this ball? And, you know, as a first baseman, you're involved every single play. And then in the outfield, you know, there are times when you may not, honestly, there are games when you may not have a ball come your direction. So, um, it's a, it's a really interesting transition. Sorry, I, I kind of got off topic there. But um, from a starter to bullpen, it's been really good. I think the, the main difference in, in starters, being a starter and being a reliever for me was intent. Um, I got a little velo tick up. I got rid of a curveball. I got rid of a, my changeup. And so now I'm really just a fastball cutter slider. And um, it's been nice, you know, going out there and saying, you know, I need to get, you know, at most – two innings, you know, and so I could say, here's everything I've got, um, here, hit it. And as a starter, you kind of have to, you have to go out there and establish, feel a hitter out, feel the umpires out, get through that first time in the lineup and use that first time as kind of a setup and then and kind of go from there. But as a reliever, it's, here's everything I got, here's my best stuff, uh, try and beat me. And so um, I would say the intent from a mental standpoint is, is completely different and uh, the preparation uh, my routine has changed you now as a starter. You get four days off and now. As a reliever, you have the potential pitch, you know, basically every day, which which I thoroughly enjoy. Um, showing up to the ballpark, knowing that hey, I could pitch tonight, um, as opposed to showing up to the ballpark and knowing that for three more days I'm I'm not not hopping on that mound. So uh, it's been really good. I've enjoyed it. It was definitely an adjustment, but um, I look forward to just continuing to develop that and, uh, mindset mentality stuff all of it um it's been really fun final question for you guys and i'm doing this for my own self-interest but from both of your time together so it can't be a time when after zach got promoted dalton what's your fondest memory of that 2016 clinton lumber king season if i'm thinking about clinton specifically i'm really thankful for the candlelight in it was a restaurant <laughs> right across the street um a steakhouse and it was just a place you could go outside of baseball, and it just felt 
different. Yeah. Know, you could on the river. It was nice. Yeah, it was on the river. You could relax, get get some good food, um, get away from the minor league food, and um, just spend some time outside of baseball with your teammates and or with your girlfriend or wife or whoever was in town. Baseball wise, we I remember. Um, I got two memories right now. Now, um, we were going through a losing streak, and I don't want to share too much of Mitch Canham's managerial secrets, but we were going through a losing streak, and we come into the clubhouse, and all the lights are off, and we hear like a little banging in the locker room, and we we all walk around the corner, and we see our manager standing there in full costume, full Rambo costume, just absolutely hyping the team up, and I think we go on to win. 10 game, 10, 15 games in a row or something like that. And that was just, it was just really cool coming from a manager, your first year playing pro ball, you're going through a, a slump as a team and it might not be very fun at that time. And everything seems kind of like a grind and the days seem long and no one's really playing well. And so there's nothing to be excited about. And uh, having a manager like that to just lay it on the line, hype everyone up was really cool. And then I remember losing our last game in the championship against the Dodgers minor league team and the season being over and everyone in the clubhouse, so close our team was everyone in the clubhouse, mostly everyone was shedding some tears and we we're all just going around hugging each other and giving each other real hugs. It wasn't just a little handshake. See you next year. It was, I'm going to miss you and can't wait to see you next year. And, um, I thought that was really cool for me. That just shows you how close that team was. And we all wanted to win for each other and we didn't want to leave each other. We wanted to keep playing. So I'll always remember that. Yeah. And Dalton kind of stole my story about Mitch uh, dressing up, but um, I guess another one that I really thoroughly enjoyed about climbing was um, Mitch and Dora would put on these uh, ping pong tournaments where we would, you know, anybody who wanted in would, would play ping pong. That includes Mitch. Um, Mitch was pretty good, and it was just fun. We had this conference table that was actually longer than a, than a ping-pong table, but we put one of those little clip-on nets across it and, and kind of go at it, and these would last, you know, a week or so. play a couple games every single day before you go out. And, um, you know, that was fun. Mitch did a really good job of, of kind of keeping the clubhouse loose but also uh, building that, you know, that competitiveness um, and, and the will to compete every single day. So um, something you kind of take for granted um, that I haven't. You know, since you just asked, I haven't thought about it since then, but um, that's kind of what made that team so much fun. And that environment um, was one of the best clubhouse environments I've ever been in. So, um, and then we got, we had a pretty cool radio guy who hung around. Um, he was, he was all right, but um, it was a, it was a fun year, a lot of fun. I appreciate that last compliment, Zach. You, uh, you, you made me smile here, man. I, uh, I sincerely appreciate that. Zach Littell, Dalton Kelly, re- really appreciate your time this morning, guys. Yeah, glad, that, glad you had us on. Zach Littell and Dalton Kelly here on MLB Morning Coffee. Thanks for tuning in to Coffee Conversations, and we'll catch you in the AM.